1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: Welcome to Subs Weekly on the Blue Room for the coming week. We've got a hell of a lot more podcasts coming your way um, as we're only 19 days away from Everton season, starting at home to Fulham. I've got Pete McFarlane with me as I do every week. Um, And Pete, we're able to talk about uh, well, not not a transfer, but an actual sign on loan. which you think that that's what we're mainly going to be talking about when um, we get anybody or more players into into Everton? Um, I I think it's easy at this point, and and people get carried away with us bringing a player in who's going to give us a, 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 a an expected decent uh decent input from what he can do, um, and the career that he's had so far. Um, there are a couple of little. Couple of little um, issues I have with it, and many people have slated me on on saying these things because it's just simple that you know we want big sign, not big sign, but we want plenty of signings in because we're we're massively short. I think before we go back into the Premier League, but yet yeah, first of all, just get through the the bread and butter. Really, Danjuma comes in, Um really talented pedigree a pedigree from his game that he's had at both Villarreal, Didn't really get a kick at spurs and that's the issue that sort of I think a lot of people, including myself, I've got a problem with. But what are your thoughts about it? Because there's a piece that, that Matters um put in um about this where he, he was chatting with various journalists when it looked like it was going to happen back in January. Um position wise it looks like he can play a number of roles in an attacking final third. Looks like he can play either side but also possibly crucially he can play up front as well. Um what were your feelings when we got him in? Because it, it looked like it was going to happen for a while, didn't
1: it? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm personally absolutely delighted with it, to be honest, Dave. Um, I'm feeling <laughs> feeling very positive, to be honest. But is uh, that you know you, what man. I've
0: said there, does that make you feel do, do you have I mean it's a hard question for you to answer personally, but does do, do you think you're getting do you get because I've done it myself as well, even when we signed any player any I did that when we got Ashley called at the age of 38. Actually, Young, sorry, at the age of 38. Um, it's easy to get carried away with it because you've actually just pulled someone into the actual group of players, and well, we haven't done that for quite some time now since last year, really.
1: Yeah, say it. I just think it's um, it's exactly the type of player that we need in that side. Mm. I think he offers pace. He offers, you know, he, he's a he's a direct runner. He's obviously got goals in him. Um, I think he ticks all the boxes of the of the type of player that we that we've been calling out for for, for a long time. The fact that he's versatile, he can play different positions as well. Um, I, I think it's a I think it's a really good signing. And um, going back to January, I think, given the situation that he found himself in when you know he it, it looked as though he'd agreed to come to the club, and then we sacked Frank Lampard. I don't think anyone could really blame him at the time, given the unrest, given obviously it was the the things with the board and everything. Um, where you know Evertonians we were showing our discontent with. With with the the runnings of the club, um, I couldn't blame him to be honest for turning us down at the last minute because I just think that we were in such a mess that you know, <laughs> for any player it'd be it'd be crazy to walk into that situation. I think I think I actually said something at the time about like he, he must be off his head to be coming here, um, and obviously he didn't end up here, but <laughs> I think that he'll I think he'll come here with a point to <laughs> prove. I think he's gone to Tottenham. One of the one of the positives I'd say about about going to Tottenham as well. Is that he's, you know, he's he's obviously been spin over in Villarreal. He's played for Bournemouth pre, previously, obviously, but he's been over in Villarreal. He's come over to Tottenham. He's been he's, he's acclimatized himself again back to the back to the Premier League. Um, obviously won't have had as many minutes as he would have wanted, but I think that's going to make him hungry. He's going to want to prove himself. He's going to want to show the improvement that he's that he's got in his game since his Bournemouth days. He's going to want to come into the Premier League and and prove a few people wrong, especially you know the people at Tottenham who weren't picking him. Um. I always thought it was a strange move, in particular for him to go to Tottenham, because mm-hmm. of the quality that they have in that side. I don't think that's necessarily a, a reflection on him in terms of lack of game time. I just think that Tottenham have quality in those positions, so it was always going to be tough for him. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't see any any real negatives in it. And as I say, you're getting a player who's going to be hungry to prove himself. He's on loan as well, so he's going to have to perform. It's not like someone you know you're getting in on a on big money on a fat on a five year deal where you know they're set. You know they're, they're settled. He's got to have to come in, come into Everton and, and prove himself. And especially after not really getting a chance at Tottenham, it, it's it's a massive it's a it's a massive season for him as a as a player and as an individual to prove himself. And mm. they're the types of player I want in the side. Um, Ashley Young again. You know, talking about Ashley Young, when well, when his name was first sort of bandied around, I was I was thinking, oh God, we're going back to the you know the sort of the days of David Gennaro and. And, um, you know, the the likes of those, you know, we're getting these over the hill players, but actually Ashley Young, the more I thought about it and the the more I sort of looked into it and looked at the, you know, the amount of game time he had for Aston Villa last season, even the reaction from the Villa fans that they'd let him go. I think that was enough for me to to show that, you know, Ashley Young was obviously going to, he's got a, he instantly improves us in a number of positions. Um, so again, even if you're having for a year, maybe two, he's kept himself really fit. I don't think it's a, a bad signing, given given the situation we're in, and that we can concentrate on on spending any money that we have in those in those forward roles that we, that we so desperately need. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think the two the two signings so far have been have ticked the boxes for me. Um, the next thing we need to do, obviously, is get a get a centre forward in and 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 more. More with more goals as well from that midfield area because, um, because obviously we saw last season they are the areas that we that we really struggled in. Um, but yeah, so Dan Juma for me, you know, I think he ticks all the boxes. Ashley Young, another one. Um, on Ashley Young as well, all Ashley Young needs to do is offer more than uh Vinagri. If he offers more than Vinagri, then he's already an upgrade on, on what we had, you know, in that position last season.
0: Yeah, I think I think you've made some interesting points there. And and the one that stuck in my head mostly from what you've said is the um the, the relation to Spurs. Now, when he didn't sign when it looked like he was pr- pretty much done and he was he, he was going to be in an Everton chair pretty quickly after that. For that to happen, that real disappointment that we all have, isn't it? And you start sort of you see people and rightly so criticising him um and him not being in an Everton chair and it just seems like that type of thing where you think you've got to play it over the line, but then that agent says somebody else has come in lately, and they end up going somewhere else. Excuse me. I think as well with that in mind. I mean, could you really blame him? I know. I know it's in the hindsight that we've got now that it's easy to to say, oh well, he made a dreadful decision there because he didn't get a game when he went to space. But at the time, like you mentioned, there is really important to to mention with the issue we had with Lampard at the time. Um it it's quite ironic and then then that, that sort of thing happened at Spurs, didn't it, with Conte um leaving them and their issue that they just had um they just had a caretaker manager to the end of the season where he doesn't know if he's coming or going. He's not getting a game at most because you and, and again another irony is that Richarlison's there. Probably uh, well he was ahead of um Dan Juma, wasn't he, as well. So I mean, he, he personally is probably sitting there thinking, Do you know what, that's bad luck, what I've had there. And maybe maybe that's sort of the the right sort of punishment I get by rejecting a side where I'd definitely get a game every week. I'd be one of the players first on the team sheet from Sean Dyche. Um, I think the most important thing for me, Peter, is that versatility because we desperately still need a striker right now. That's the thing I'm worried about still with 19 days to go. By no means am I um looking around and saying to people like oh, you know what this is a big chunk of what we needed this summer far from it i think we need a hell of a lot more um not least just one striker i'd i'd be more comfortable if we went in for two but you're right if we get one one striker in on top of Dan Zuman who can fill in that role i I think I think you're getting a better version of what I think Sean Dice was looking at with Damari Gray. Um now that remains to be seen whether he stays or not or whether you know he's been linked with clubs um, in Saudi and places like that. Remains to be seen what happens with him. He was he felt a bit bit part uh, under Dice when he came in. So I can see why you're being positive about this because you've got a player that can instantly come in. He's looking to prove himself. I think that's what you tend to get best these days um, where you, you're you getting a loan in. Um, look, you start being concerned about that towards the end of the season. He's had a blinder and you're like, yeah, there's no way he's going to stay here. He's going to end up going to another club. That That is what you pay for when you're getting a loan in. Um, but I think that's where we're at really, isn't it? You, you mentioned uh, Ashley Young as well. We're at a stage where loans are the priority above anything else, really. And I I feel as if that – and again, I keep mentioning this, 19 Days is probably going to be the name of this podcast, <laughs> as all of, our <laughs> podcasts, all of our podcasts have been that. Um, that's been the title of them in the last month or so because it's getting shorter and shorter. Um and and when I've said to you, and I think it's a harsh question when people have got carried away with Dan Jimmy because he looks like an effective player that's certainly going to go into our first eleven. But it, it's a type of thing that I think you can you can overly talk about a player that comes in who's going to affect our first eleven, but I'd hate to think and and, and I really think it would be the case that people at the club who are constantly rightly criticized for the way the club's run. We've spoken about the board. We've spoken about Fellwell. We've spoken about the academy. This sort of signing is the kind of thing where they'll be thinking, "Oh, do you know what? That's taken. That's taken the, the pressure on us. That's taken the um the, the focus on us away a little bit because we've actually gone and signed a player." I, I I have no doubt that that's what many people, including the modern ones we have got now, compared to the ones we had behind them, have thought. I think that's the that's the culture at Everton. Um regarding and recruitments because it's like we said it's been non-existent so that that sort of scrutiny should still be on them it, it, it should still uh mm. be right in the middle of their faces here when you know I, I found it interesting when um when this situation was happening on david moyes where they barely had a penny to spend and it was loans and it was free transfers and things like that I remember going to the to Finch Farm to interview the players that came in. And it's almost like you can see the relief <laughs> on, on the club's yeah. admin and the you know the club's media team because they're like, oh, we're just not going to get a load of shit from people saying that we haven't signed a single player. <laughs> I, I get that expression from them. That's what I feel. Um, and more so now because we've got less money than we did on the Moyes, really, don't we? And, and the evidence we've seen so far has, has felt that way. But um I've banged on a bit about that there, really, but I think I I agree with what you said. It's it's somebody we desperately need, um. It's somebody of of quality as well. Somebody who's coming in that uh, has got a, if albeit a brief history in the Premier League, um, barely got a game at, uh, at Spurs, but Villarreal seems to really like him. And if you want to go and listen to that piece, that uh, Matson, it's a new little piece that's. Uh, both on on Patreon and um, there's a clip of it as well in our um, in our free podcast. Well worth a listen about somebody who's um, be quite close to him He's interviewed him, and yeah, it's a, it's an important short listening. It was, it's from back when it looked like he was going to sign ahead of Spurs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think people need to take our by no means I'm telling people what to do, but I think it's much it feels much more comfortable, much more proactive if. You take that out of your mind, or relate it in association with that we've got him with the fact that he just jibbed us and went to Spurs. <laughs> it's hard to say needs must, but
1: that's very much the case we're
0: in, isn't it, Pete?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and you're right as well. You know, I, I don't think I'm I, I'm not one who's going to get carried away with the with the signings we've made so far. I just think that I think those two signings are, are two of a number of signings that we need to bring in. Hmm. And you're right in terms of. In terms of the pressure on on the on the recruitment side, the the pressure shouldn't shouldn't be easing off. It should be getting ramped up because we can all see what we need. We we can also now they have ticked two boxes in terms of in terms of two players that we desperately need. But I, in my opinion, we still need three or four more. Um, and if you are bargain hunting, maybe that's going to be difficult. But I always think back to do you remember that summer where we went out and just signed like. Everyone, we we just on the, fir- we the first machine, yeah. You mean, yeah, the first real one where we went out and but we sold Lukaku, but then we went out and signed like three number 10s and we we signed center hours, we signed sound, you know, full backs. We we did we we signed all these players. We got Sandro in, um, as like the forward, if you like, but he was more like a you know, a wide forward, wasn't we he? Were we were all we all waiting as well, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, but every single time we see these transfer windows where we get a couple of signings in. We always seem to be lacking in that, in in completing the puzzle. Do you know what I mean? It's like a jigsaw with with a missing piece, and you get to the end of it and you're frustrated. You might be made up as you're building a jigsaw, but at the end when the box is empty and you're missing a piece, it's 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 even more infuriating because you can see how close you were to getting it right. So mm. I think it's massively important that we need to we need to keep this up. We need to bring in at least at least two two or three more players, um, because again, you know, a jigsaw. With the missing pieces useless, so we need to, you know, um, as as happy as I am that we've improved in, in areas so far, um, we still need to replace players we've left last season. You know, even looking at the, you know, the, the impact that Yari Mina had on our team last season, it's no coincidence that he came back into the side and all of a sudden we were we were so much better, you know, defensively, so much more solid. Um, he's going to be a loss for us, even though throughout the course of his time at Everton, he had so many injury problems. You could always you'd always knew. That he could, he had the potential to put in a top class performance. So he's going to be a loss. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about forward areas and, and 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 midfield areas. But even at the back, you know, you, you're really putting pressure on the likes of Jared mm-hmm. Brantway to to step up. You're you're looking at Ben Godfrey to to you know finally fulfil some potential. Um, I, I, I again, we've got so many areas that need strengthening to make sure that we're not in a position that we were last season. And not to mention the fact as well, we've got the likes of Alex Iwobi, who, you know, the the reports are that he's, well, he's only got a year in his contract anyway, as it is, but the reports are that he's after mega money. um, And whether the club can or cannot afford to do that or are willing to do that, I don't know, but, if, if Alex Imoby isn't going to sign a new contract, then he's another player we need to be moving on and replacing very, very quickly. So there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. You, you're right, Damari Gray as well, another player. Um, if he's if, if if we're able to bring some, some other players in in those forward areas, then Damari Gray could be the sacrificial lamb, if you like, to, to raise some extra funds. Um, it, it There's a long way to go, in my opinion. And I hate this thing about judges at the end of the transfer window, um, because... The thing for me has always been this, tra- you know, in terms of transfer windows, it annoys the hell out of me when we start the season having not got the essential players in. I don't mind making a few little squad signings at the end of a transfer window, but your main targets need to hit the ground mm-hmm. running as soon as the Premier League starts. So, yeah. It, it, it's massively important that they, that they get it right, and, and and the pressure certainly shouldn't be off. The sh- the pressure should be intensified at this point. Um, you know, you've got to, You've got to give credit where it's due in terms of in terms of the silence that they brought in, but it, it's nowhere near enough at the moment.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I I can't look at that squad and think that we're not going to be in some sort of relegation fight for the third year running. Um, we're way too short. I mean, we had. We on our on our last chat together on our last podcast we were talking about how many the question that was asked by the Echo um, how many players do you think we need by the brilliant mm-hmm. Joe Thomas on the Echo and me and you I think you came up with a little bit less than me and I was saying a minimum of six a minimum yeah. of six uh, you can hear my dogs barking in the back as well I think they agree with me <laughs> um, I, I think when you look at you look at the number of players needed um, versus you know what we've actually got in you've got into Free transfers now, or you know, we're going to be both short term. L- lest we forget. You know, you're probably going to look at Ashley Young going through this season as final one before retirement. Um, that's aside from what we think it might might happen with Sheamus. Um, that that full back line is going to look very temporary to me, and I think that that's what this season's going to look like. And I think that's why many of us are going to get very angry if we don't get a decent start. If we don't um look like it could be you know it should be a more comfortable season and that you know you you'd add into that that Sean Dice who hasn't had the full season with us the you'd have a confidence in, in what he's able to do with it you know with a clean slate there. Yeah. Um Absolutely. but you know you mentioned there play, the, the players we've got there that's where there's so, so much of a mess and that's why I'm still I won't, won't surprise people that I'm still not feeling confident here given that it is less than three weeks before that game against Fulham. I think we'll all look at when we go to to Fulham um, and you know you know there's another month of, of the transfer window you know you need to keep that in mind as well but I think ultimately that day when we go to Fulham on the 12th of August we're going to be looking at that team thinking yeah we certainly need some more players in and um, with with that in mind though no. the the rumor players that we've um, we've been linked with um, particularly a striker who, who I've never ever heard of or seen play, but he's meant to be a big boy, um, and and somebody who leads the line uh, with with a certain amount of strength, is El Bilal Torre. Um, yeah, and is merely a We know a lot better from from his days at Watford, isn't it? Um, now the the confidence you get, I'm right there, and I would uh,
1: start? He's, What's that? Osar, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he was in tackle No, we've then. been linked with him actually. Yeah, at first.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, you know, there's there's confidence to to be linked with them, and it's nice to hear that the club is sort of approaching the media saying, well, you know, we're we're still not fixed here. We need we they're sort of agreeing with what many fans say that we desperately need some more players in. Um, I mean, I think like last time, I think we're sort the of same the same sort of thoughts. were going through that that trait that we had in terms of. You can look at every single block of that squad, um, that we still desperately need players, and that, that's the concern for me. How quick you need to get that business done? We've notoriously been really, really slow. You know, Dither and Dave under, <laughs> under the Moyes <laughs> era, um, that's felt like it's been every single season for us where we haven't we haven't started getting players in till. You know, two weeks before the season starts, or you know, up to up to a week and, and the actual deadline day itself at the end of August, um, that that feeling that just really really pisses me off and annoys me so much that it seems to be, it seems to be the same mistake we make every single season, um, like you mentioned there about, um, a, a Wobie who blows so hot and cold, um, with with a year left again somebody. Who you think, well, that might well be his last season at Everton. Um, there a lot of those decisions to make. And normally people would look at that and think, well, just just leave it for now. Don't even look at them until you come to the last few weeks or the very end of, of next season. Let's hope we're safe by, you know, a couple of months in, then you can start looking at those those decisions. But um I feel uncomfortable there because normally you think necessary if it's necessary if a player is looking to leave the club or get a club coming up, it could actually work out in our favour, given that they're going to want to prove themselves if they, if they want to move. Um, I actually imagine there's quite a few players in there, but you mentioned there defensively, I mean, you mentioned Godfrey, um, you know, you mentioned Brathwaite, Brathwaite as well. Do you, do you feel confident if those two come in? And I, I think you're going to see, obviously on the, that left back position, I think you're going to see Ashley Young's going to be the main one there. Um, how how do you feel about that that area in a back four or a back five?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it does it does worry me. It does worry me. Um, what worries me the most is 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 the centre back is who who plays with Tarkovsky. Obviously, there's mm. been talk of Holgate going to to Southampton. I think I think he's been linked with them this week. Um, I think Ben Godfrey has always struggled when he's been in the two as a, as a center half. So we, play, you know, I don't think that that, that necessarily suits him. Certainly not now, you know, in, at this stage in his development, mm. uh, Brantwate has obviously gone away and, and, and will be coming back full of confidence with his great loan spell at PSV. Um, so Branthwaite and Tarkovsky, obviously, a lot of a lot of height, a lot of physicality. Um, maybe not so much pace, but it's it's certainly a, an interesting one. I'd like to I'd like to see it anyway. I'd like to see it. You know, see how, how Branthwaite gets on. Um, you know, I later think it's on super the well.
0: Peter, the, you've got you've got two players you aren't necessarily that I kind know, of, um, Branthwaite like he's quite quick for his size. I think it's a little bit deceptive that he's not. But I actually think it fits in our hands that you you want Sean Dice having. Um, a flat line of a back four, say that was quite a lot deeper. I mm. think that that suits him, uh, that would suit both the players and the fullback. So let's go. Um, Patterson gets in it right back ahead of uh, Seamus, who's going to back him up. And then you've got yeah. young on the other side You can both move forwards. I think you've got two centre backs there who'd be a lot more confident if we did defend a little bit deeper. Look, it, it's not going to be. Something that's nice to watch. I think that I, I, it was unfair that that was associated with dice. But let's face it, that's what he's always encouraged, and that's what's been comfortable with him as a Premier League manager.
1: Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't mind it. <laughs> I quite no, like. It, I think you feel a lot safer,
0: don't you, given that we don't have much going yeah.
1: forward. But the essential thing about that, about playing that sort of system, is that it's essential that you have pace so that you can counter, and it's essential that yeah. you have. A competent centre forward who can hold the ball up and uh, and link the play. So it's so I think you know it, it was no no coincidence that Calvert Lewin comes back in. Might not necessarily have got lo- you know banged in loads of goals, but just having that focal point up front made such a huge difference in terms of being able to keep hold of that ball in in that final third area um and being able to break. Um Certainly, I mean, you feel comfortable
0: games, on that, pitch? Sorry to interrupt again. On on Calvert Lewin, you've mentioned there. Do you yeah. feel? because I did at the time last season, there was a lot of crit- I say criticism, there was a lot of people that were worried about, um, and we spoke about this many times, you know, his fitness and what he was able to do towards the end of the season. Do you still think there's a lot of reliance on him? Because um, I certainly do. I, I, I still think that, and even with Dan Juma, if you go and get Bilal Torre as well, um, you know, I, I don't think you can rely things on that those lads who haven't kicked the ball for Everton. Talvert Lewin still, to me, is the most important facet of us scoring the goal.
1: He is, yeah, and uh, you know that's why that's why bringing in more options, uh, uh, you know, in that centre forward role is so important. And that's what you know in terms of how we set up and how we play. That role is so vital to us. And, and as I say, we saw the difference that having someone competent in that position can be. When we saw that Calvert Lewin was a you know Calvert Lewin coming was coming into that side made such a massive difference, which is why I think mm. for one, for his own, you know, his own health and his own fitness, he needs we need at least backup. We certainly need competition for him. We need to not be so over reliant on him. Um and again, that over reliance is, is what's put him in this position that he's found himself in the last two seasons, where he's been in and out the side, he's 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 picked up injuries, he's come back too early. He's he's you know he's broken down within minutes of, of making his comeback. It's all to do with over reliance um and the pressure on them to get back and the pressure on the the fit, you know, the um the physio teams to get him back on that pitch. Whereas if you have other options at least, you know, then you can actually give him the time to get himself right. Um and psychologically as well, in terms of having that competition, in terms of your own performance. You need to have people who are going to push it every day to, so that you know that your place is under threat, if you like. Mm-hmm. So that you have to perform at the top level. Um, every time you, you you get on the pitch, uh, so that is why it's so so vital for me. Um, you know, every single every single team looking looking around the league last season, you look at the options that pretty much everyone had. Um, it's no coincidence that we didn't have those options and we found ourselves in the position we were as the lowest scorers in the league for such a long time. So I think it's um, I think that is the position, but it's the position we've been crying out for since Lukaku left. We've never ever been able to replace Lukaku in terms of having that focal point. Obviously, Calvert Lewin, you know, when he's fit, can offer so, so much to our side. Um, but we we desperately, desperately need more more options in that position, um, and and that should be the priority. But it should have been the priority for the past five or six windows, few years, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I mean, what, what, the amount the amount of money that we've we've spent on that position on an absolute dross. When you think about like you know, Umani ass was what thirteen million quid. Schenk Tosin was supposed to be the the one to come in and get the goals. What twenty eight million or whatever he cost. Um. But, if, Sandro you mean, like, to, to
0: Walcott, massive wages.
1: On the side, so don't Yeah, you know, Walcott on the side. You know, we've we've gone through these players, but we've never ever been able to find anyone who can get even close to replacing Romelu Lukaku. Um, or or even to give Calvert Lewin some kind of, of competition in that position. So that is the position that's so vital for me. Um obviously Moise Keane was another one that we that we sort of tried, but again, he was he was too raw. He was. It was far too. He was far too raw. You could see from the first time he stepped on the pitch, he looked like he looked like a kid on the schoolyard who just didn't know where to be, didn't know what position to play, and didn't know how to link up properly with his with, with, with his teammates. He looked like the game passed him by. Um, that's that. That is the the other the flip side to you know going out and signing unproven players um, from other leagues is that you do take that risk. Um, so it's all it's all got to be about how how well we scout them. But having said that, the club have had like six years to scout a player, so yeah. surely, surely at some point we've got to find you know a gem hidden amongst all the rubble.
0: Yeah, that that's that's spot on, and, and you know the, the level of conversation we've had here, you know, I, I I don't come I don't come away from it as, <laughs> as positive as I've felt. Um, well, say positive, like I've, I've I think we're both. Um so many other fans, I think the majority of them are still massively concerned about what we still need. Um there was a little piece of this, and we'll do we'll do a longer podcast on this in, in the coming days and weeks, because yeah, uh, it's something that's quite close to our hearts, both of us personally here, uh, Pete, was was um what's going on with uh Deli Alley. And um, you know, I think it's it's far too early and possibly a little bit irresponsible for us to Relate him to having a, a big effect on this team because that there's a lot to go with that, um, and I feel as if that is that is something that's a, a, going to be a conversation later um, in the weeks. What he come out and said, um, which which was out of the blue, the piece he did with Gary Neville, which I thought was absolutely brilliant in regards to um, what what sort of thing it should associate with people who've who've had these difficulties in their lives who. Mm-hmm. um it, it's like getting an eye opener for many who think, oh, you know, this fellow is just shift for us. What a waste of time signing what a waste of time signing him. Look at this stupid uh, money that we have to pay if he gets a certain level and amount of games. um I, I don't want, want it to sound like patronizing to people who felt that way because let look, let's face it, it's football, Um, we have our own criticisms of football, and that's rightly so. We have our opinions on football. I think it's to go too far when people have said, oh, you know, we can't be like that. We can't keep questioning people like that because we don't know. But that—that's the thing. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes until they come out and do something like that, and that makes you feel guilty. I'm not too sure, and 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 people might be surprised about me saying this because I I keep mental health at front and center in my life and, and what I talk to. And we've done it a lot in the past, speaking about it. But that that in itself, uh, and the fact he was away with the with the team, getting some physical. Um, some physical build up for him to, to look a bit fitter and hopefully get into what he wants to do. We mentioned Everton really positively and what they did. Um, what what were your thoughts on that? Really, because we've only got a few minutes left here, but and I, like I said, we'll do a do a longer version of this because I think, um, like I said, it's something close to us both and both yeah. experience what we've seen from other people. But, um, first and foremost, it, it is his own well-being that that needs to come first and foremost, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Um, And you're right, it is a subject close close to my heart. Um, Mm. It's, in in terms of people's mental health, um, I think even still in society, it's stigmatised men's mental health, you know, or or just people's mental health in general Mm. is stigmatised in terms of people feeling unable to speak out about it, people feeling that they have you know, no, no way of talking talking about it. I think it's massively important when when people like Delhi come out and and speak so openly about it. Um, I think if 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 his only contribution to Everton Football Club is that Crystal Palace night and that interview that he did where he came out and and spoke so honestly and so openly and so rawly about it, about what he had been through, that will be a huge contribution, yeah. not just to Everton Football Club, but to English football in general um to, to English society to, to where you know in general. It can't be understated just how how important that interview was. Um, and I'm sure there's so many people watching it. I got emotional watching it. Yeah. Um I'm happy to you know I, I'm I'm open about my own my own struggles. You know, I, yeah. I, I take surgery every day. Um I well, that's you know, that, that's
0: a lot to do with how, how me and you
1: become yeah. close
0: friends, isn't it with that sort of thing? That's it,
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, I I suffer anxiety and depression. Uh, yeah, yeah. and it's and and I, I always remember that first step about uh, taking you know jumping and in, jumping into the pool I always say about like you know when, when you want to get in the pool you don't dip your toe in you have to jump in <laughs> otherwise yeah, you overthink much, it yeah. and it's I feel a like that's a, that's a position the position I was in uh, where I, mm-hmm. I felt that I couldn't talk about how I was feeling Um, and the second I did I felt the weight of the world lift off me and I think it's so important for people for, for everyone to be able to talk, to to be able to feel confident to talk about how they're feeling, um, because things can build up and build up and build up, and 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 it can have such a damaging effect on you. And I just really hope that Delhi can now he's now he's openly spoken about it. Obviously, you can get a you know people can can back off a little bit and. And given the time and space that he needs, and and hopefully he he can get back to to doing what he enjoys the most, which is yeah. which is playing football. But also most importantly, just so that he's happy in himself, and and that going forward he can he can be happy in his life, and that he gets the help that he needs. Um, mm. but certainly you know, so much respect for Delhi for Deli for coming out and and speaking so openly about it. And um, and yeah, and if anyone else is listening who who needs to talk, my my inbox is always open.
0: Yeah that's that's a really good way of putting it mate and, and likewise I've said this for many years in the platform we've got on the blue doom as well um in the platform I had when when I started my career at radio city um what we did with a good friend of mine Mick coyle um, when we had the, the 24 hour um mental health marathon um, all of that sort of thing that, that that it's and like you say your dm's open um and and emails there anyway you want to get in contact that's something that we we would you know we would be really happy to and it wouldn't be an issue for any of us to to talk about in a certain way. But like you said there about at Deli Alley there, he said himself on the interview, if this if this helped one person, then it's done its job. Um and I think that's the that's the key message with it. In regards to how this is linked with Evan itself and how he plays, I'd 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 refer back to him and what he said there about helping one person. If he got one more game at Evan because he got into the right position mentally and physically then that that that's a boost in us all. I think that's a big win in Everton. And like you said there, it, it you sort of do feel a little bit more, regardless of where he ends up. You just want him to be okay, um. And you know, look if, if we're sitting here in a year's time, and whether he's done it at Everton, whether he's gone to a different club and he's played, I don't know, twenty odd games, that may might may that might have taken him a long time to get into um, physically the right place, which is a big issue for him as a footballer. As he explained, he still wants to be a top-level footballer. This is a lad who played for England three, four years ago. Um, he wants to be at the peak of his game, and it's so lovely to hear him say that. Um, and, and and obviously, he still regards what's happened to him in the past, which was harrowing, some of the things he, he spoke about, what, what happened to him as a child all the way up to now. Um like I said, I'm, I'm I have tremendous respect for him. It was such an incredibly brave thing to come out and say what he did, and I, it might sound a little bit sad the way, but I, I've watched that piece um on four different occasions because mm-hmm. um there are so many facets of it that stick in my mind, Pete. And uh, like I said, it's a decent message for us. I think to finish with, um, regardless of the football side of things, which we always do on the blue room, um, you know, th- this is really an important facet of what we do um and what we try to do so don't forget that we don't speak about it too much in general let alone let alone us on on the blue room but it th- that is always there and you know if you feel that we're not the people you want to speak to we could certainly refer it to the right places could be peter in the, yeah. in the various things we've done in the past so um yeah thanks for listening to us as always like i said uh on the tweet that i put out there about questions any you want to throw in with those comments regardless of what it's about given what we've just said there about mental health keep throwing it towards us and because we're more than happy to help. And the other more positive thing, uh, Everton-wise, football-wise, is we're, we're ramping up how much content we have, as we always do just before the season starts. We're 19 days away, so there's going to be a podcast most days of the week, both on our Patreon and our free podcast. Do get in touch with us if you need any assistance and want to know why and how that you get involved with us. Um, if you want to get involved in what we do as well, the content, do give us a shout because I know Pete's doing a lot more uh the, the women's um premier is getting started soon as well. We're gonna do a hell of a lot more content with that. And yeah, thanks for listening to us. I know we've been away for a week or so getting our holidays done and, <laughs> and trying to get our, our heads in the right place as Everton come back. But yeah, we're here all the time and thanks so much for be to you soon.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.